Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Serene Team. Serene Team by Psyche Truth. Serene Team is all about helping you achieve serenity. There's tons of different videos, tools, audio, playlists, tons of stuff on the website to help you relax, to help you, you know, de-stress, and help you get better sleep. So check it out. Uh, also, we were brought to you by the Yoga Plus app by Psyche Truth. Yoga Plus is, you know, the perfect application for you if you're trying to get into yoga or if you're just trying to continue or advance your yoga practice. There's tons of 30-day series, 14-day series, all targeted to different different outcomes, whether you're looking to build strength, improve your balance, improve flexibility. It's got it all, so check it out. Our guest today is Dr. Scott Jurica. Dr. Scott is an applied clinical nutritionist. He's a doctor of chiropractic doctor of chiropractic, and a applied kinesiologist. Uh, today we talked all about all the different fad diets that are out right now, from keto, paleo, vegetarian, vegan, and everything in between. So it was a super cool podcast. He kind of helped explain what the differences are, what maybe you should look for if you're going to decide to do one of these diets, what to check for, what to be careful of, and kind of what the benefits of all of them are. So it was a really, really good kind of overview of the entire kind of fad diet sea of information that we're getting right now. So enjoy the show. Welcome, Dr. Scott. And um, before I let you go, please, if you can, leave us a review. Leave the podcast a review. Let us know how we're doing. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Welcome, Dr. Scott. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in, man. It's uh, it's good to have you. Um, we were kind of talking before, Tanisha is, I yep. guess, who who recommended you yep. to us, so that's always cool. Tanisha always has, I feel like, so many connections in the in the health she world. She knows everybody. Yeah. I mean, like, everybody, uh, anywhere that I go, like, if you know Tanisha, and somebody's going to know her, so, yeah. Yeah, that's does. awesome. Yeah, she's, she's an awesome lady, and she's got all kinds of crazy knowledge on, I feel like, so many things. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of parallels to... You know, to our practices. Yeah, I mean, especially as you get into this world, as you, as you you know interview a lot of different uh, you know holistic you know healthcare providers and whatnot, that you just start to as we we're going to talk about you know today with the different diets and whatnot. There's so many different angles, and you start to um, have a have an interest in certain things, and, and and a lot of those aspects that you know Tanisha and I. So you know, through the years, just talking back and forth with different cases or or referring to different patients back and forth, and so. Yeah. yeah, she's good. She knows. She knows her stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, kind of like you were saying, uh, we were talking about bringing you on and kind of discussing all the different diets that seem to be so popular mm-hmm. right now. And so many pe- different people are so like, I don't know, they're so heavily invested in their diet, mm-hmm. I feel like. And everyone says one is the best or one's, you know, better than the other for whatever reason. Um, and I just, for me, and I feel like a lot of people, it's it's hard to know what like what do I eat? You know what I mean. Understood. So I just thought that would be kind of cool. Um, before we get into that, uh, could we get a little bit of kind of background on you? How you got into the holistic care world sure. and everything? Sure. Um, you know, I, I I grew up as a fat kid, uh, <laughs> made fun of uh, all those fun you know horrible things growing up that you didn't like, and and through that you know I actually got really interested you know in nutrition. My cousin. 
uh, who's a, another holistic doctor out in Odessa, oh, okay. uh, Dr. Logan Cox. He's, um, I'm biased. I think he's one of the best doctors anywhere. And so I got to see a lot of really great stuff as I was growing up to see uh, what kind of what I thought was a true, you know, doctor. And, there, and there's different ways, you know, and I, I have, I have medical doctors, uh, chiropractors, you know, dentists in the family, all of these different kind of doctors. And that just gravitated towards me. Uh, the way I wanted to practice was, um, uh, I initially was going in pre-med, uh, and, uh, I decided I didn't like blood. So that, <laughs> that wasn't going to work out too well with a lot of things. And I just realized in my life, my own personal reason, and I think there's a time and place for almost every doctor. Right? You know, it's um, I'm, anti, I'm not anti-drug and pro-health, and 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 so when I when I decided to get into this uh, work, it just felt important to me that whenever uh, I were to see a patient, you know, hypothetically you, and I wanted to do everything I could possibly do naturally before uh, they needed possibly needed drugs or surgery, things like that. So knowing that I would to go into an operating room or, or to, uh, you know, different ways of, of, of non-natural ways, I, I just didn't feel comfortable knowing that I didn't do my part first. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, let's get them ready. And then again, if you do need surgery, if you do need whatever, you're going to be healthier, you're going to be stronger, you're going to be, you know, better to be able to heal faster and then be able to recuperate after that. And then what can we do afterwards to see if we can, you know, prevent you from that happening again. So that, that was, that was my philosophy from the beginning as far as how I, um, and how I got and everything. Cool. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's, that's a good way to look at that, especially not necessarily being like anti-drug, like you're saying, but just pro health and more so having that good foundation of, of your, your health. Absolutely. Um, before you have to start seeking out some of those other, some of those other options, I yep. guess, that are in medicine. Because yep. um, obviously medical technology and everything has done a great deal of good. Like it's not all bad. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it's definitely cool to have kind of the, the holistic approach and still focusing on not just, I guess, treating symptoms as absolutely. opposed to actually finding a lot of these root causes absolutely which is which is always really cool yeah absolutely um and you were saying so you lived in manhattan for mm -hmm. for yeah almost 10 years 10 years yeah, yeah. how was that loved it loved yeah. um had a practice right in midtown um energy of the place the people uh, i i can't say enough good stuff about it crazy intense yeah i know talk about you know the, there's not a person i didn't work on they didn't have adrenal you know, right, that's what I would or, imagine. I just feel like living oh, in the city, you just you're stressed. It was a, it was a, um, uh, like a pressure cooker. You yeah, know, it really was. And you just get used to it. It's just it's just how it is. And it's kind of what you expect to uh, to uh, to be in there. But I think I think my my original apartment wasn't much bigger than yeah. this room. I mean, it's <laughs> you know you live you live tight, you know. But yeah. uh, just phenomenal experience, phenomenal people. Um, I I still do a lot of virtual consults with a lot of my my patients from back there. You know, cool. as well so. I Man, love it. That's crazy. Yeah, the the size difference is so serious between especially Texas and oh, New York gosh. City. Oh, and then they, and then you start talking with people that you know how much do you pay in rent? How yeah. much do you do this stuff? And it's like uh, you're paying for how much? You can you know you go out to Texas, you can have a whole you know ranch if you want to yeah. for the price you pay for a room. But oh, it's yeah. what you, it's what you do. It's what you you know and you know and, and through that you know the the experiences and I you know I grew up here and I, I practiced at practice in Manhattan. I went to school in Connecticut. Um, you know, you learn so much about people in that kind of environment when there's what almost nine million people that live in a on an island. Yeah. You know that when you start seeing patients, I mean, from every possible facet of, of things that are going on, I just I learned volumes. Uh, you know, uh, treating people. 
yeah. school there. So I had a lot of fun. That's awesome. And then so, yeah, and you said you're from Austin. Then. Yeah. You grew up I was here. technically born here. Uh, grew up outside of Corpus. Oh, okay. You nice. Know, in Portland. And so nice. uh, went to school here, did, did all my uh, undergraduate. And then once I decided to go to chiropractic school and get my master's in nutrition, uh, wanted to, it was kind of a typical thing, wanted to get out of Texas, been here my whole life, wanted yeah. to experience. And so I did that. Uh, and then made a full circle and, you know, had a child up there and my wife and, and son and I are now back here That's uh, awesome. in Austin. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah. So kind of like we were saying, getting into the whole diet mm-hmm. thing, what, so th- right now I feel like the big ones are like, so keto mm-hmm. is huge mm-hmm. and paleo was huge. I feel like it's fallen off a little mm-hmm. bit. I feel like it almost like the paleo people turned into keto. I, people yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's right? a lot of that. <laughs> yep. Um, and then of course there's like vegetarian, vegan, the Mediterranean diet mm-hmm. is always very popular. Mm-hmm. And lately we actually just had a guy on that's carnivore, carnivore oh, yeah. diet, yep, which yep. that was pretty interesting. Yep, yep. Um, so like what, I don't know, how, how do you even get started in, in this whole diet? So we fad? only have an hour, right? Is yeah, that, okay. we got one. <laughs> so, you know, that's, it's, uh, as one of my, one of my mentors, uh, one of my big things I do in my practice is applied kinesiology and, and Dr. Goodhart. George Goodhart always said that the body's simply intricate and intricate simple. And it's, it's one of the ways that I start with patients that, you know, as, as humans, we can, we can ruin almost anything, right? <laughs> you know, you can say something is, I mean, you know, Doritos and Diet Coke is, is vegan, right? right. I mean, that doesn't mean it's healthy, and right. nor is a bunch of, you know, nitrate-filled bacon is, is Atkins or low-carb. That you, you've got to look at the entire concept and not, and not be so dogmatic. And I think, you know, thankfully for the paleo movement, the keto movement, I think it's been phenomenal in so many ways because uh, a lot of the fear of fat, you know, has gone and gone away, mm-hmm. you know. Not fully. There's still, you know, it, it's because of Dr. Google also. Mm-hmm. People come in. I, I just with like I was saying with, with Manhattan, I mean, I, I can't even tell you what people come in. And say, so I heard or so I researched <laughs> right. and what about this? And when you want to kind of you want to kind of try to simplify, you know, all this is everybody's trying. Everybody wants the same goal, right? We want to live healthy. We want to not be in pain. We don't want to get Alzheimer's. We don't get a cancer. We don't want to that. That's that's the ultimate goal. And so then the question is, well, how how in the world do we get there? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, the, the the basis that I start, you know, like with 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 the with the keto versus paleo versus vegetarian versus whatever, as I first tell patients, is you know, we we know one certainty, and it's like the you know what I call the crapohydrates, right? The processed foods, all those kind of things. That's the stuff we know. Okay, we got an idea that that's it. So what else can we kind of start with on, on those levels? And so then when we look into, uh, I'm a big. Um, you know, functionally minded person. So mm-hmm. looking at looking at labs, looking at their stressors, looking at, you know, philosophies. You know, I mean I have, you know, you know, getting into religion and, you know, Jewish patients and or, you know, Muslim or whatever. I mean, there's gonna be certain aspects of that, right? So mm-hmm. you, you kind of look at all these things. And so when you look at uh, again all the all these different foods, uh, you, you kind of really kind of trace back to one of my favorite uh, doctors, Melvin Page. Um, and you look into the International Foundation for Nutrition Health, uh, West Denny Price Foundation, these kind of organizations that are nonprofit that aren't trying to necessarily sell a book or sell a product or, or whatnot to say, let's kind of understand our genetics. Let's understand where we are as, you know, nutritionally, you know, based and look at, you know, are you Scandinavian? Are you Hungarian? Are you, you know, and so I have a, you know, some of, some of my patients were Greek 
you know, in, in New York. That makes it really easy when you can follow more of a Mediterranean where genetically that's just, and I'm not going to tell them you need to have a carnivorous diet or mm-hmm. eat a lot of beef because you probably might not do as well. So uh, the, the first aspect when I talk with patients is a dialogue is really come understanding like, what are your health goals? What is it that you're wanting to do? And, 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 it, and it's a lot more than just, I want to lose weight. I want to get into the dress before the wedding. I want mm-hmm. to whatever that the ultimate goal is really understand where, where are you long term? You know, what do you want to do for, you know, do you want to have kids? Do you want to watch your kids grow up? Do you want to, um, you know, not be in, in hospice care and, 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 and not that this is guaranteeing any diet is right. going to say you're never going to get these diseases, but it's maximizing these, uh, these aspects. And so, um, with, with, with all the different diets, I mean, uh, you know, with again, with like I said, from the keto and the paleo, I mean, a lot of these go back into, uh, you know, the research even in the 60s with, you know, epilepsy and, 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 and ketogenic, you know, diets and stuff like that. And so when you first look at everything, you want to look at the, you want to look at their stressors, you want to look at the, the aspects of, of what they're, how they're, how they're digesting, how they're absorbing, all those kind of things. That that's the first aspect. And and when you look into another key component I look at is a two hundred year rule. You know, if it's been around two hundred years, let's kind of consider as a possibility. I'm not going to say that all wheat is bad. I'm not going to say that all meat is good. You know, mm-hmm. you, 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 it's it's you know here I'm probably going around these different circles on on the different you know conversations about different diets because the the one problem is people inherently not not to say if it's even what they're meaning to is they get to be too dogmatic Mm -hmm. oh i can have this ketogenic you know ice cream right you know and i can have three containers of it because ketogenic only had five grams of carbs but what about your fiber what about this what about you know and so that that's where the big conversation kind of comes into when i when i talk with patients about when I look at, you know, they're not sleeping well, they're, they can't lose weight, they, you know, crave salt and, and, and sugar, they're, you know, hate their job, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, they would kind of go through and say, okay, let's base on this, what's going to work for you right now. And what you, um, you know, sometimes you have to go slow to go fast, right? I have an idea for a patient that says, I really think you're going to be benefiting. And a lot of it could look very, you know, paleo, mm-hmm. and very keto, and especially paleo, because there's a lot of food sensitivities that people have uh, that by default paleo just takes out, which mm-hmm. is which is awesome. But I try not to put it as a definition of, oh, I think you should be on a paleo diet. Right. Because then, you know, again, like I said, oh, can I go have this paleo, you know, ice cream? It's like, let's kind of look at what your body needs and let's kind of assemble to say, okay, we know these foods you can't pronounce. And, and, and uh, Michael Pollan, Michael Pollan is one of my favorite, favorite authors. And he talks about, uh, these kind of things about shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know, doing all those kind of things. Like let's let's try to simplify and say let's just kind of eat as 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 crazy it may sa- may sound. Eat real food. Yeah. Right. Start with these kind of component com- uh, components and educate educating patients on really, you know, what what is food, what is nutrition. Start to understand where uh, what our bodies need. And this this you know we're we're too cerebral in the aspect that we would like let's let's track our every possible thing versus wait a second why is it that i'm really craving um i'm craving meat or you know what i can't stand the look of meat Mm -hmm. sometimes that could be there's a digestive issue there's um you know there's other things going on as far as you know i'm needing you know you get a blood test and you're craving meat because you have low iron 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's those kind of components because it, it's, it, it gets to be, um, uh, if you get to be too dogmatic with stuff, then, then I don't, I don't think, um, while there can be benefits with, with, with saying, okay, I just want to follow this, the long-term goal, just what I've seen over the past, you know, close to 15 years in practice, that it's, um, it's not sustainable that when you want to get an aspect of, you know, um, you know, doctors Latin for teachers. So it's like, I want to educate these patients and say, okay, what is it? What are your goals? What is it that you need? Why? You know, oh, I heard about this great, you know, one meal a day to intermittent fasting to mm-hmm. all this, these different components. And all of these could very well have a place uh, in their diet. But to really kind of first to initially figure out the whys and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's something that a lot of, um, a lot of people we've had on the show kind of talk about a lot is you're talking about, you know, figuring out what your body needs. So that mm-hmm. the thing with a lot of these diets seems to be they're very, um, like you said, dogmatic and they're very kind of generalized so that it's just like you just go and follow that one yeah, no set matter of what, rules. Just, yeah, no matter just what. Just follow this. Yeah, it becomes religious for a lot yeah. of people. It becomes religious or it's like similar to like political political beliefs. It's like yeah. all these things where people get wrapped up into these yeah. parties or into these religions or into these That's diets. A, and yeah. it's like... It, it, yeah, that, that is a good analogy. It can become even... You know, of of a religious, you yeah, know, aspect. and not definitely nothing against against religion by no, any means, no. but it's that aspect of uh, when we when we can, uh, you know, look at what we need versus I need this because everybody says it's great, and, and it's why why is it that somebody can you can have a, your best friend get, go on whatever diet, feel amazing, do wonderful, lose twenty pounds, you try the same thing and feel like crap. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't work for um, you. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, really good examples would be something like you know somebody who wants to follow a ketogenic diet, but what if they have a sluggish gallbladder or don't have a gallbladder, mm. and they don't even they might not even realize that I had a patient recently who was going through some uh, gut stuff, and you know you go through all the all the health questionnaires and whatnot, and as we went through it, and I don't even remember when, but it was a discussion on some stuff and I I asked something about a gallbladder or something. He goes, Oh no, I had my gallbladder removed fifteen years ago. It's like and flipping through all the I was like, you didn't tell me that he goes, Well I forgot. I didn't I just didn't remember. <laughs> didn't think it yeah. And, you know, and so it, it it's those kind of things that, that, you know, again, as you're looking long term, you know, for your for your health and 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 looking at these different diets, um, yeah. you know what could be you know pluses and negatives with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so so what 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 would the lack of a gallbladder Effect like why is that bad for someone going? So well, and this gets yeah, yeah the the that's a whole other argument in itself. You'll hear certain doctors say you don't even need a gallbladder, mm-hmm. like it's just it's whatever. Other ones that say it's vital. So I'm just going to try to go with as as much as just you know um, physiology as far as what I've seen mm-hmm. and what I look at labs and whatnot that. I mean, the gallbladder stores something called bile that's made by the liver. Mm-hmm. And so as you eat, your liver makes some bile to help digest and um, break down, um, utilize the fat. It's like a emulsify- emulsification. It's kind of like when you um, uh, wash your clothes and you use the soap, right? You use that mm-hmm. soap, a little bit of the fat in there to kind of help uh, break up the break different up. stains right. and get the oils from it and, 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 and break it up to, to remove it. Same kind of thing with the gallbladder that as, as the gall, as you eat, the gallbladder will squeeze some bile into the small intestine. So the food comes in and can help absorb it. Oh, okay. And so it's why when people who don't have a gallbladder, um, when they have the surgery, you know, the, the, the doctors usually say, you know, avoid fatty foods, you know, um, you know, 
potentially even just you know take different uh, fat soluble vitamins because you're not going to be able to absorb them as well, et cetera. So when you go and just say hypothetically you don't have uh, a gallbladder, or even more importantly or more interestingly, you know so many people have a sluggish gallbladder and that's mm -hmm. through stress through diet through a whole host of stuff that you know your your gallbladder could be ideally functioning at 100 percent. let's say it's functioning at 50 what happens is you know when you don't have that gallbladder have a minimally functioning you're not able to absorb everything as well okay. that that's the number one aed and k just for the fat soluble vitamins and it's not just about vitamin d and bone health and vitamin k you know for you know whatever um it's there's a whole host of uh, of other needs uh, for the for the B vitamins and different you know making sure you absorb your cholesterol well all these different aspects uh, so it just adds to this that um, other mineral uh, and I mean other the vitamin deficiencies can happen mm -hmm. and then also a lot of gut stuff like I, you know as soon as I have uh, you know a, 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 some great salmon or some grass fed steak or or just olive oil you know I have a great salad with plenty of olive oil and avocado. Man, I'm, you know, you already know what the patient starts talking about. I was like, I'm, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, things like that. So it, it's, it's really important uh, to have. And, and, and if you don't, there's great bile supplementation. Okay. Um, but it's just, it's just a really good component that is, as you decide if you want to go down a paleo, keto, and even, you know, vegetarian with cheese and, and egg, you know, whatever it may mm -hmm. be, you, you know, you are not what you eat, you are to absorb. Just because you swallow it doesn't mean you're getting it. So, right. you know, any of these kind of, you know, dietary programs, you you got to make sure that you're digesting well in the gallbladder, in my professional opinion, is, 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 a, is a pretty important component to it. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Yeah, I mean that sounds pretty important. I'm surprised that they say it's not that. that you, you know, really it, it's it. it's one of those, and I and I don't know either. It just you know mm -hmm. some of them will say you know it's 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 an you know, archaic. We don't even need it. That's why mm -hmm. we you know so don't even don't even worry about it. And and I just looking at physiology is is to me I, I think is a pretty important. You know, yeah, that's that's interesting. And that's, I mean, that's definitely like important for people to know too, because I feel like probably a lot of people, well, hopefully the doctors tell them what exactly is going on when they remove their gallbladder. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And obviously what, like this know. guy didn't even think to put it on any kind of medical yeah. history. So. And, and I say like, I work with a lot of medical doctors. I work with, you know, it, it, this is a team and, yeah. and I love working with, with other ones. And so if I have a patient who's come in who either has had surgery, I just ask them, what, what was, what was explained to you? Mm -hmm. And let me like... And some of them, they're great. Don't do this. Don't do this. You might want to look at supplementation. Other ones, they go, right. they just said, to, you know, we'll, you know, come back if you need any, you know, any help. So it, it is. It's about that education to say, you know, one, definitely not a guilt of, you know, I can't believe they, they took out that gall. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what this is about because sometimes it's needed. You have mm -hmm. a gallstone that's impacted. 
you have emergency surgery, it, it, it has to happen. And mm -hmm. that's where the beauty of medicine comes in. You need those surgeries. But uh, now that you don't have it, it's like, okay, now let's, let's just kind of work from it from there. And, and again, looking at bile supplementation that will help support the, um, the digestion. So you don't, don't have to feel like, you know, yes, would all of us ideally, you know, have our original hardware, you know, mm -hmm. but sometimes you, you, you don't, uh, you know, things happen. Yeah. And so we just kind of, you know, uh, make the make the change accordingly yeah kind of adjust to what what you need to yeah, what you absolutely. need to do yeah that's interesting and then so so with keto and paleo mm -hmm. what do you what are the exactly what's the difference between keto and paleo so i mean like the the, the biggest like summation i mean like ketogenic is means exactly that to burn ketones okay. to burn fat mm -hmm. and so what happens is you need you can only technically start off with about 20 grams of carbs. Mm -hmm. Where do those carbs come from? There's a whole list. I mean, it even gets into certain vegetables you can't have mm -hmm. and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, and a big argument against a lot of people saying, well, you, can't, you shouldn't do ketos because what about all these different minerals? What about all these different things? And the, my, my, my thought is, well, let's look at labs. You know, I think supplementation with, with almost any program based on your nutrition, based on your labs is important. But that's, that's like the, the core of that. It, it, keto doesn't get into where paleo, I mean, you could, like you were saying, you could be paleo and keto. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can mm -hmm. go further. You can be autoimmune paleo keto, right? right? You can be autoimmune paleo keto vegan. I mean, yeah. you can just kind of go as, you know, for different levels. But again, to go into the ketogenic, that's, that's the main component. Okay. You initially, uh, get these urine sticks, see if you, uh, uh, ur uh, urinate with some ketones okay uh only for a small time and this is the frustrating thing with with key with when people get into ketosis they'll get into ketosis and then after a while the body adapts mm -hmm. and stops making it making this urine uh, aspect but you can still test it through the blood so people start going it's like wait a second I'm, I'm eating 25 grams of carbs 30 grams i'm not in ketosis anymore and they get frustrated but they are in ketosis. Huh. They're not being. They're not testing accordingly because they need to be tested via blood, and the blood's more expensive. Every every prick you do with the blood is like a buck or a buck and a half. Right. Like, it starts to build up. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, from from that standpoint, that's again the summary of of, of ketogenic is to burn okay. is to burn fat. Paleo goes into and again that's a whole other argument like did the paleolithic people ever really eat this kind of right. way and you know was there was there paleo muffins right you know? <laughs> but it's the it's the biochemical components to say you know did we really eat a lot of grain did we eat a lot of dairy did we eat a lot of these different things and without going into a whole other discussion about whether that is or isn't mm -hmm. um you get into this the whole paleo aspect and what the paleo aspect is 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 removing a lot of those different foods like dairy, like grains, uh, you know, root vegetables are great, you know, lard and, 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 and towel and all these other great fats are fine for you. Plenty of proteins are fine, but it's not necessarily that you have to be in ketosis, mm -hmm. right? So you can have plenty of, of, uh, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. you know, um, nuts, seeds, you know, all these kind of components that while might throw you out of ketosis, you know, um, are still going to be paleo. So mm -hmm. that that's kind of a difference. And again, for keto, most I mean, for for people from a again looking at the definitions, you know, you can have you know cheese. That's going to be totally fine. So that that's where it gets into the goal for keto is ketogenic, burn mm -hmm. ketones. The goal for paleo is different food elimination to eat as much as as paleolithic as possible. And really, by default, both of these. Uh, are can be really beneficial patients, not even from their 
uh, you know, so many other contexts, I'd say 90 plus percent of people are getting on these programs to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost yeah. always. Other ones, fatigue, uh, fertility, there's some other things. And just by default, it turns into something that, that a lot of doctors used to do is a food elimination program. Let's just take out a lot of these things for about 30 days and see how you feel. Yeah. You know, because the wheat isn't the wheat that our ancestors ate. Mm-hmm. Even the even the the cheeses, even the, you know, and, and raw grass-fed cheese, there's a lot of health benefits to that. And, and it's not always the easiest to get. So that's kind of like if you want to kind of try to break things down into those components. That's, okay. that's what they're kind of, uh, again, more of a higher level, mm-hmm. you know, with, with those with those diets. Yeah, yeah. And so with, with keto, is being so would you stay in ketosis or in that ketogenic state just constantly? Or is there like certain amounts of time? Is it okay to be in ketosis constantly? So this, uh, great questions. You know, uh, when you get into with the ketosis, I mean, if you think about uh, our, our bodies have two different pathways, glucose and ketones, mm-hmm. and, and they, they run pretty well in different ways. Um, as we get into fall and wintertime, there's famine, right? Mm-hmm. Genetically, we're 10,000 years in the past. So uh, ketones make sense because the body is like, I, I've got to survive. I need to make sure that I, I do really well. Uh, there's really interesting research on our, our brains. Uh, some research showing that our brains do better with ketones, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one huge misinformation uh, that a lot of people get into when they hear ketones is ketoacidosis. And ketoacidosis is a diabetic uh, issue where when you have diabetes, you're actually causing uh, ketoacidosis, which is a damaging of the of the of the kidneys. A whole oh. other aspect, and ke- ketosis and ketoacidosis is not the same. Okay, thing. so that's kind of a good like as people wanted to look into the stuff, you hear it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like oh, that, the, the ketones are bad, uh, or the other big thing with uh, as you're talking about, you know, can you be in ketosis forever? You know, people say, well, you know, um, all that protein, you know, can be hard on the kidneys, mm-hmm. right? Well, again, ketosis is not a high-protein diet. Right. It's a high-fat diet. Right. Right? You know, eating, you know, slabs of, of, of pork every day, uh, you know, is not saying, well, it's not saying yes or no to ketosis, but it's the point of saying it's really more of a, of a fat, fat, veggies, protein. That's kind of like the, the hierarchy of proteins, fat, I mean, proteins, veggies, as far as the, the pyramid goes. And there's, there's no research that I've read as far as people who have healthy kidneys, who have healthy, you know, uh, body function, that they're showing that be any kind of harming to the body by being in long-term ketosis. If somebody comes in that's in state, I mean, I would tell somebody who's in stage, stage two, stage three, you know, or any kind of kidney disruption, I'd say let's let's kind of monitor this. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I would really make sure that if you're going to go in ketosis. You do have plenty of fats, mm-hmm. you know, don't really go so much towards the higher proteins, but using something like whey that absorbs before you get into the, the kidneys anyway. Right. So that okay. that's the thing. So the the answer is I haven't read any research as far as I knew a doctor that was in ketosis pretty much constantly for 20 years, you know, wow. and his his blood levels, everything was great. So um, it, it gets into mainly about. um sustainability yeah right people are like okay, i'm in ketosis but it, you know if i have one more egg in the morning <laughs> i'm gonna vomit you know what i mean yeah so it's really of, of starting with that 20 to 30 grams or so again keeping very strict they usually see under 20 grams then what happens is as you for about two or three weeks you start there and then you really kind of monitor how you feel if you're feeling great you need another 20 30 pounds to lose then i'd say 
that's fine. I would definitely start monitoring labs because as you start changing these diets, you can become electrolyte deficient. There's just some things that you want to just you want to you want to monitor. You want to make sure uh, because you're going to get tons of vitamin C through say bell peppers. You're not eating oranges anymore, but you know. But you want to look at look at all these components and say, okay, well that's that's how we are. And then you get to a point where you say, okay, well let me kind of I feel good. I'm in ketosis. Um, let me kind of extend how far I can take my carbs and still be in ketosis. Mm-hmm. That's a critical carbohydrate level, and everybody's different. It depends on metabolism. It depends on uh, like me, I have a low one because I burned through my pancreas and all the stuff when I was a you know chubby kid eating all my my carbs. That people have a different level, and so as you're working out, as you're doing stuff, you might have a little bit of a wiggle room. Uh, men tend to get more carbs than women. Unfortunately, it's <laughs> one of those things. Not always, but you kind of look at that, and then you kind of move and say, okay, well, I'm at about sixty, and now I'm out of ketosis. Okay, not necessarily bad. Let's monitor it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say, okay, again, I, 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 I need some sweet potato. I need, I, I need some variety. Okay. So let's say you're at 20 grams, 30 grams of, 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 of uh, carbs. Let's go up to you know, 60 or 70. Let's monitor that for a month and see how you do. Yeah. If you still are feeling great, you're still losing weight, you're on your health goals, then great. Who cares if you're in ketosis? Who cares if you want to call yourself a ketogenic or paleo or you know, whatever term you want to use? The goal is that you're, one, that you're healthy. Uh, and two, out of, if there's one word I could describe as far as, as far as nutrition goes, is it should nourish you. Mm-hmm. Right? It is a fuel. It should, you should feel good after you eat. You shouldn't deprive yourself to health. I mean, that, that's just that's my own personal you know, yeah. uh, approach. But that's, again, that's kind of the idea of, of, of ketosis. And, and, and you can. I mean, I've had, I mean, I have to look at my patients. I've had patients at least, at least two years strict keto, wow. like in ketosis. You know, and, and I, most of the time, the people that like I said when they want to switch it is they they want they want changes or they want yeah. you know or, you know whatnot. So yeah, yeah, and kind of like the same thing again is just um, feeling good. Yep. Right. That's the main thing. As long as if you're feeling good, of course, some people might argue that they eat fast food every day and they feel great, but I think it's because they don't know what good feels like. <laughs> I you 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 said it perfectly. It's like what you know you know, it's like slowly boiling, you know, the frog. It's like, you yeah, don't exactly. know, you don't know what you don't know. And you get that slow feeling. It's like, Oh, I feel fine. And mm-hmm. then they change it and they go, I didn't realize, yeah. you know, I, I woke up swollen every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah, right. absolutely. And then so with, I, I know, I feel like um, inflammatory foods are pretty popular as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some examples of like foods that are particularly inflammatory? So that's another really good question because it it could be a huge spectrum for people. Right. I guess it, pr- it probably depends on the person a little bit. It can. It could also depend on if they have an autoimmune. Mm-hmm. You know, there could, I mean, it could be nightshades. It could be nuts. It could be seeds. It could be cilantro. It could be, you know, I'm, I'm going far down that one path. Initially, we already know processed foods, right. Kit Kats, donuts, Twinkies, all those <laughs> things. But um, non uh, – I mean uh, – uh, non-organic even meats can be more Mm pro-inflammatory because of the grains right uh you have obviously um different um you know different you know different grains could potentially be more inflammatory um the 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 biggest thing is a lot of processed foods that that's the one thing the other pro-inflammatory the omega 
the sixes that you get from different, you know, arachidonic acid from, from different meats. Um, it's why eating organic as much as possible, you know, is important. Uh, as humans, we're more acid producing anyway. So like everybody's, so can be slightly also obsessed with, with pH, mm-hmm. you know, looking at that kind of stuff. And we just naturally are, are burn more of, of an acid, more metabolic acidosis. So it's why it's, you hear so much about all the anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. you know, foods, and that's going, you know, the the nuts and the seeds and the 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 fish and those kind of things. But you know, f- from the aspect of the pro-inflammatories, you know, again, the processed foods, the the sugars. I mean, sugar is very pro-inflammatory. Right. Those things. Um, and so then, if if people want to follow that more, that again, more of that inflammatory, you know, diet and a lot of fish, those things, it's wonderful. Again, if they don't get to that point of wait a second, I don't feel like I should be when everybody's telling me I'm eating this stuff. And mm-hmm. that's where labs come in. When yeah. you look at some inflammatory labs, again, if it's something like your have rheumatoid arthritis or Sjogren's or, you know, whatever it may be as far as the, as far as the anti um, uh, autoimmune, you might want to go like an AIP, an autoimmune paleo diet okay. where you take out several things. Uh, it feels really limited mm-hmm. until you, until you do, you look at all the other ones uh, that you look at. Um, and from from a from a cost effective standpoint to monitor how you feel, yeah, right. You can get into these labs, and I think some of these labs are wonderful. Uh, I just don't necessarily think that you have to like, you know, right at the very beginning, spend you know twenty five hundred dollars on, yeah. on some stuff. But um, but yeah, though that's kind of the, the the initial rule for for anti inflammatory diet stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing that I think is kind of interesting, and it was something I tried myself, but there, there's been a lot of things with um, a lot of pro athletes have been coming out talking about kind of switching to more plant-based diets Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they've talked about it helping with like a lot of inflammatory Mm -hmm. issues in their knees and their Mm -hmm. ankles and I I tried it because I I used to be a soccer player and I had really bad um, tendonitis in my patellar tendon Mm -hmm. on my knee Uh, and so I kind of switched over to more of a vegetarian type and I cut out dairy I I wasn't like full vegan I would have cheese here and there or whatever but I cut out a lot of kind of a lot of animal products and I did that for about two years and I did like feel a lot of really good benefits in in that aspect and now since then I now I've kind of gone more into like a I just kind of do more of a balance. Like I, I kind of lower my animal product. Like I don't have a ton of meat and gotcha. dairy every day, but gotcha. I'll have it like here and there gotcha. and I have like eggs and stuff like that. But I was just kind of curious, like, is there anything happening there? Like why would that necessarily help with those kind of sure. issues? It, it, it's kind of a, it, it's also a default too that as you take out, cause so many people aren't eating like grass fed Right, know, right, yeah, mean, absolutely. There's you know, no way I was eating that. In yeah, college. and so, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And so, by default, I think it's kind of like, are you feeling better because you took out a lot of the non-organic mm-hmm. proteins or added the plant-based? I think it's a combination of both. No one's going to argue, including myself, with a lot of the you know from from hemp protein to you know even pea protein. I think there's a lot of health benefits to it. Some people with peas and those things. You know, might not deal with it. They, it could be pro-inflammatory. But again, aside from that fact, right? It's because you're you're adding a ton of more micronutrients to to your body. You're taking out a lot of those other pro-inflammatory foods. So you're adding a lot of you know anti-inflammatory foods and taking away a lot of those. And so um, as as I tell patients, and I have you know a lot of vegan and vegetarian patients too. It's like you know when you do stuff like this, you've got to. Um, You've got to monitor, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Vegan, I mean, there, there's not really a, a, a 
society and our culture in our in our genetics that have ever really truly been a, you know right. vegan society but i'm not going to he- sit here and argue about different things because everybody's different so yeah. okay if this is how you want to do it then great let's monitor things mm-hmm. and see how you are um you know and so with with the the plant-based aspects you just got to eat a lot more plants right right, right. so you got to really make sure you're getting you're getting all the different amino acids you're getting all those different components to it um, but that, but, and, and that's why he says you're, 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 you're really flooding yourself with a lot of stuff that you probably weren't getting again. Mm-hmm. You were in college, yeah. not eating those kind of things. And you're getting a lot of really great, I mean, from the spirulinas to the, you know, to, to just a whole host of different foods that are out there that, um, you know, like, you know, vegans, you can do wrong too. And, oh, you, yeah. you know, so many times you get into more carbohydrates and a lot of rice and a lot of, you know, those things where it's like, wait. What about the plants? Mm-hmm. What about all those kind of things? And yeah, so absolutely. By doing that, uh, you can help lower the inflammation that way. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. That's that's cool because I was I was interested in how that works because it, it has kind of become popular. And so with with the vegans, mm-hmm. what what are some things that they they need to be particularly careful of in terms of having dietary deficits? Because mm-hmm. I feel like. Every, all of the like when kind of like we were talking about when you go into these strict diets, mm-hmm. every one of them, it's like you need to watch, you know, in particular, might want to watch this or that. Um, so what would it be for vegans? Because they take a lot of stuff out of their diet. Yeah, you know, it, it's just something where you I mean, especially from minerals, especially from bone mineral mm-hmm. uh, aspects, um, you know, that that's where if I have a if I have a patient who, again, it's like for various reasons, it's it's religious. It's, uh, you know, and I understand like how animals are are. are uh, you know, the cattle mills and stuff. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be that way at all. I think, yeah. you know, we should be able to respect our animals. And so without getting into all the aspects of that, that if, if that's that route that you want to go to, it, it's, it's, to me, it's really imperative through, there's a company called Spectracell, uh, that does a really good, like 200 or so micronutrients to kind of test, um, things, stuff like spirulina, right. It mm-hmm. has who you'll say, Oh, I, I'm going to take spirulina because of the B12. It's an analog of B12. So it's going to show up on, on blood as a B12, mm-hmm. but it's not. Oh, and okay. so things like homocysteine, which is for B12 and folate needs, I would say, let's monitor this. Oh, okay. For vegans, oftentimes it's a switch where you get plenty of omega-3s and not enough omega-6s. Oh, interesting. You get the barrage oils. You get the um, you know different oils that are more than omega-6s or even flaxseed. Mm-hmm. But flaxseed, about 30% of people don't have the enzyme that will break down flaxseed into omega-3s too. Oh, really? So getting a, a fatty acid analysis, there's a company called Lipid Lab that's a finger prick test that I, that I recommend, and, and LabCorp has them too. So it's just a matter of, look, I, my, again, doctor, Latin for teacher, I'm just trying to educate and do everything I can, yeah. right? This is what I'm saying as far as what our genetics show, but if you're going, I, I, I really want to stay this route, okay, let's monitor and let's see everything that's going on. And it's really, it's from a micronutrient. Um, choline is another one. Uh, choline is needed for uh, a lot of prevention of fatty liver uh, and, and, and other different health components, acetylcholine, which is for neurotransmitters. And there's a lot of choline in, in different animal products, mm-hmm. right? So it's things like that that, okay, well, you might need to take some of those, you know, different things. So it's really, there's there's a broad spectrum of, of a lot of different nutrients, especially from the uh, the amino acids. You want to make sure that, you know, all the essential amino acids that you're getting and also the fats, your, you know, your brain, your brain is made up of basically fat, water, and cholesterol and 70% of your fat in your brain is DHA. Mm. And the best source of that is going to be through fish oils. Doesn't mean it has to be the only way, but it's stuff where if you're going to go this way, we just 
really got to make sure that you're, yeah. you're getting all those details. Yeah, you have to just be extra aware. Yeah, yeah. one of my mentors, he's a uh, he, he's taught, uh, God, he's in his, I think he's pushing 80 now, he's in a practice for 60-something years. He's a vegetarian. And he said, he was a Mr. Bodybuilder way back in the 60s mm-hmm. and stuff. And he goes, you can do it, you just got to be really smart. Yeah. You got to be really, it, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's like any of them really. I mean, you've got to, you got to do it. It's just a little bit more with, with vegetarian and vegan. And, um, you know, the, um, convenience is killing us, mm-hmm. right? Like just going, just buy it here. It's like, look, let's, let's know where our food comes from. And so from that aspect, just to really be, really look at all those different tests. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psyche truth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I think that hopefully people are starting to shift more to is being more aware of where their food's coming from and absolutely. how their food is prepared and what, especially if you're eating animal products, how are the like, animals brought up, what was their, you know, all that kind of stuff, which absolutely. is definitely important. I went, to, um, I went to school up in just outside Amarillo. Oh, okay. And right. so up there, there's, it's like, I think might be the cattle capital of like the south I got you. of like the southern region of the U.S., and so when you go out there, you see the the cattle farms, and mm. it's just it's crazy yeah. the number of cattle. There'll be you know sixty thousand head of cattle all just all just crammed. crammed up, and that's it's crazy. And, you know um, that gets in a lot of other not just philosophical, but even though know, what I said, you know, you are what you eat, mm-hmm. you know, or you are you're not what you eat, you are what you absorb. Well, imagine when those cows or chickens or whatever are under a lot of stress. Yeah, they're producing a lot of cortisol. They're pro-inflammatory, mm-hmm. right? And so, just by that default, I mean, I, I mean, I love. There's such a uh, there's such a much uh, bigger movement right now with more smaller farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, the farmers markets, especially here in Austin. So, yeah. I mean, knowing knowing your farmer like you know your doctor, it's imperative. You know, it, it it's 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 so you know it's so important. Um, you know, like you said, to know to know where your food's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even just necessarily animal products because you think about where you get your where your vegetables, everything yeah. from. You, knowing what is being sprayed on, what kind of soils being used, all those are also you know extremely important yep. things to be aware of. Yep, absolutely. Um, that's one thing I, I really I haven't done it yet, but I really want to kind of get my own garden going so that I can you know make my own nice type foods and then you can also kind of eat more seasonally because i've heard a lot of good things about trying to eat more seasonally appropriate yeah you're you're hitting so many good things because you know we don't you know we don't eat seasonally i mean we have you know watermelon in the in the in the winter time yeah that uh for people even you know with you as anybody who wants to kind of start a little bit of a garden do an herb garden Mm -hmm. in your house like do small stuff get a plant with some tomatoes like you can start slowly you don't have to you know convert your whole backyard into a garden i mean because it can get to be overwhelming but you're you're absolutely right because when you start to learn oh wow these foods aren't going to grow right now Mm -hmm. i i think i think even genetically our bodies is like why are you know why are certain things grown at certain times that's what our body's going to need anyway Mm -hmm. right so uh, i i couldn't agree more yeah with that 
And another thing I think, I don't know if there's any, you know, backing or like proof of this, but something that I feel like is possible is with when, when people eat, let's say they eat the same things over mm-hmm. a long period of time, they don't really have a lot of diversity in their food. Is there any kind of effect on the body in terms of it getting almost used to that, that new, like, is, is it important to switch things up? Yes. Because and that's what, cause that, that could be another thing, eating seasonally as well. Because when you eat seasonally, you're going to go from eating, you know, you'll eat a certain type of food for you know, three three months, four mm-hmm. months, whatever. And then once that is not available, you're going to switch up. You're still getting a lot of the same nutrients, but you're getting them from different sources. So I feel like that must must have kind of some kind of impact on the body. Absolutely. And uh, not only from the standpoint of there's, there's research on as you eat the same thing over and over again, you can get sensitive to it, mm-hmm. you know, like eggs. Eggs are wonderful and, you know, uh, pasture raised or, you know, whatnot, free range. But if you eat them over and over, or like every day, I have two to three eggs every morning. A lot of times people end up getting sensitive, mm-hmm. sensitive to it. And so um, just like we're told to eat the color of the rainbow, right, of all the foods, same thing with different fats, same thing with, you know, different fruits, different vegetables, you know, whatever it may be, because we don't, we only know a certain component of what our food really is like if you look at something like a beet beets are are without sounding too cliche with being in this in this field uh, really a superfood i mean with all what it does for detox and lymphatics and everything else but when you look at like a what's called a um uh, a break now like a, a spectrophotometry of, of all the different nutrients that you'll see certain nutrients of vitamin c whatever whatever and you see all these different colors and at the very end of all these different um, different graphs are all these little other lines. It's like, we don't know what it is. Hmm. We haven't labeled it yet. So what is that doing for our body? It's yeah. infinitely benefiting us and we don't know. And that's where it gets into, you know, supplementation, you know, and stuff where it's like, I'm going to take a, you know, crap load of, you know, vitamin C, which is only ascorbic acid mm-hmm. by the FDA rules. Well, what about the whole vitamin C complex mm-hmm. that you're getting from an orange or a bell pepper and something like that. So when you look at that from the standpoint of food rotation, you're absolutely right that I think, and this really is only, you know, only my just thinking out loud with this, that I think it all with this crop rotation, everything is exactly that. You have this whole season of asparagus or, you know, artichokes or whatever, and then that goes away and you have something else and it's going to complement everything because that's, that's our bodies. Our bodies already understand and know that we're not going to get certain foods every day. Mm-hmm. We already know that. So it's almost, uh, I think, preparing itself to say, okay, well, you know, this is why I need this or that. It's also why with the, the wintertime, you know, people tend to gain weight during the wintertime. One, our body's getting into famine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to, I need to, I need to prepare. Yeah. And where are all of our holidays? Yeah. <laughs> right, right in the middle of the worst possible time. Yep. And so you're eating all these other foods. And so next thing you know, you're, you know, you gain 15 pounds just in a few weeks. Uh, because that's, again, like you were saying with that, this, this food rotation, it's, it's all, it all works together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really going like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Yeah, you're, you're miserable just, after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your body's getting hit pretty hard yeah. there. But then everyone goes to the gym starting in January. Right, for, for January 2nd through the 8th. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the best time for all the gym owners are like yep, huge Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everyone's exactly. coming in. But, um, but yeah, and so with, um, with, with all, all the, obviously all the different diets and everything, there's also kind of a component of that's become popular with, with the fasting stuff. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about the fasting? So I, 
I do like it a lot from the standpoint going back into genetics. Mm-hmm. Now, I always have to preface it. If you've got somebody who's under a lot of stress, their adrenals are gone, um, I'm not necessarily that you need to go to a uh, an eight or six hour window of eating, mm-hmm. right? Because that could do a little bit too much stress on the adrenals or whatnot. So with that being said, uh, I like the aspect of intermittent fasting, um, mainly because it goes into genetics. We yeah. didn't wake up as our ancestors wake up and just go to a, you know, Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? They had to go hunt, you know, or they had, to, they had to prepare. They had to do all these things. So by definition, they, you know, they were fasting, yeah. right? There was a certain time. Now, again, you go into arguments where then there was a feast, right? Because there was certain times you just had to eat because you didn't know when you were going to eat again. Right, and they had right. prolonged fasting. So, again, we're trying to play with genetics in this way to say, okay, well, we weren't always eating all the time so let's kind of play with that and i've just i've seen there's one there's just a lot of great research yeah you know on it uh there's even the ones that do like a five you mm. know day where it gets into actually um as you uh as you start fasting longer and longer the body says well i have to start surviving uh not to the point where you're, you're messing up your metabolism that's the big thing right i can't fast because mm-hmm. i need three meals a day because I'll, I'll i'll gain weight because my metabolism slows down but these these windows, they won't do that. Mm-hmm. But even after that five day, that's when your body starts to say, well, I need to survive on something. So it goes after the weaker cells. Yeah. So it's called autophagy. So it's mm-hmm. actually, so it's a really cool thing. Uh, but just from an intermittent fasting, uh, again, I think there's a lot of benefit to it. There's actually a lot of benefit of, uh, benefit of fasting workouts. Yeah. It's also like a thing people are like, wait. And when I was reading about this, this is seven, six, seven years ago when I started playing around it. I was like, that's everything that I've been taught right. is wrong. You know, that, that this, but I started reading, I'm like, this makes, this is more interesting. Even to the point I've had some patients doing fasting, uh, post-workout fasts mm-hmm. because, you know, as hunters, we didn't always win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then what do we do? And so there's just, we start to be able, what, what makes, what makes the, the intermittent fasting fun is you start to be able to challenge your body in ways that it, ha- it doesn't even have to anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in this, it's what, 100 plus degrees outside pretty soon. We're in this. Yeah. Well, our bodies, we have we have no clue what's going on as far as how our body should actually adapt to those kind of things. So as we, as you know, modern people, if we can start honing in on those things, I think it just helps. I think it helps with longevity. I think it helps with um, tissue repair. I think it helps with a lot of stuff. So while I'm not gonna say everybody has to do it, that's not what I mean. But it's definitely something something to consider. And then men and women are different. And that's a mm-hmm. whole other discussion yeah. where there's uh, so there's some really good articles about fasting for women and, and, and with cycles and hormones. It's it's a little bit trickier. But but it's worth – if somebody's looking into it for – of any aspect, just of saying, I just want to – I just want to see what it does. I think it's worth, I think it's worth looking into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I started doing the, like I started doing intermittent fasting maybe six months ago, nice, six, nice. seven months ago. And yeah, I've, I've really liked it. And I do, yeah, I do the, my workout. I'll, I'll usually do a morning workout oh, nice. and I'll fast and obviously I don't eat before I work out and then I'll oh. still not eat for a good three or four hours after gotcha. the workout. Um, and yeah, a lot of the research is uh, super, super interesting and it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, and they, they even talk about, you know, increased production of, I think, the your human growth hormone. The yep, exactly. That's the big one. Yep. So a lot of, like, the bodybuilder dudes have even started talking about it, which yep. is pretty interesting. But, yep. yeah, it's just fascinating because, yeah, like, I, I mean, I played soccer my whole life. So I, was, nice. I played in a club and then I played in college and I played after college as well. And, yeah, back in 
I don't know, back playing, you would never, th- I would never no, think you about. Carb load, yeah, you exactly. Would, yeah, yeah, carbo yeah. loading. It would be, you know, you'd have your chocolate milk or protein yeah. shake like right after you work yeah. out. And it was yeah. like, if you don't do this, you're going to, you're, you're, I don't know, you're going to mess up your body up. You're not going to repair exactly. properly. So it's just so fascinating to see all this research come out that says the opposite. Yep. Which is amazing. Well, and it's interesting. It's good you bring up with the athletic stuff too, in case anybody who's listening. Um, and one, you might already be doing it, but even like a fast workout, uh, post-workout fast, mm-hmm. you can actually even do some branched-chain amino acids. Yeah. It'll still keep you fasting, uh, but have some tissue repair. So it's a little little kind trick. Kind of like a little trick. Um, yeah. So, like, there's some really great um, uh, Zymogen and Designs for Health have some really good products out there for them. But they, um, um, the other aspect, they did a, um, I think it was the L.A. Lakers that I heard, like, several years, like, we're trying to do some more intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. And they didn't do as well because they were you need a little bit of explosion yeah. with that. So that's what I tell patients like if you're doing workouts by all means you're not competing for something that's your job, play around with it. But yeah. if you start feeling like I'm going to do this, you know, um you know, really intense, you know, crossfit, yeah. you know, uh you know, workout something like that, if you want to have a little bit of just a, a little bit of a glucose or something right before to kind of see, you know, that that's where you kind of kind of play around with it mm-hmm. um but 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 the the yeah the research is is, is really fun to kind of see you yeah. know kind of it's flipping everything around yeah. which, is, which is fun yeah it's really cool yeah so like you think for those like people looking to do those really intense workouts probably what like some fruit or maybe possibly possibly i mean uh, like i said it, it depends like if you're doing longer like um like a spartan race things right. like that it, because it's a longer slower you know, people like Ben Greenfield and mm-hmm. those, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be fasting before they'll just do some, you know, some butter coffee or bulletproof coffee beforehand. That's about it. And so you can still get away with it. Right. right. You know, you can play around with initially having maybe just a little bit of fat beforehand. So it'll give you some fuel, but you're still in, in a, in a, there's arguments about that. Like, oh no, as soon as you put anything in your body, right. you're not fasting. But again, when you get into athletics, you'll kind of play around with it. You can still do, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, or even, Whenever you work out, keep with a pure fast, even doing it when you're doing higher intensity. But if you start feeling like what you don't want is 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 injuries, mm-hmm. or feel like I'm I'm getting lightheaded, okay, let's 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 kind of change around. Yeah, maybe like a piece of fruit, maybe like um again, even initially some some branched chain amino acids, mm-hmm. even though it's it's not gonna change the blood sugar a lot, it's just gonna give you something to kind of work with. Um, you know, spoonful of coconut oil, which nobody wants to do like that anymore. But you know, it's things to kind of play with uh, to kind of yeah. see if if you're like God, my gains are just not with the, these kind of workouts. You know, it's uh, it's it's something to just kind of play with. Yeah, absolutely. And then also going further on what you were kind of talking about before with our you know being in this AC and all that. Another thing I feel like a lot of people are doing is you know sauna and stuff uh, like that, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool too. And it kind of plays off the same. The same thing where now we don't, our bodies don't experience any real change in climate. Extremes, yeah, both from the sauna and cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. I think both of those, which I'm the biggest weenie when it comes to cold. Yeah. So I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the research says on cryotherapy. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I just, I can't. But there's research. So, you know, it's, yeah. you even look at the Scandinavians and why would they go into the, yeah. you know, the sauna and then do it really cold? I yeah, mean, they'll go do the ice plunges. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and it's, 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 you know, so many times you hear stuff like this or cod liver oil and all these kind of things that have been done for so long. It wasn't. It wasn't done just because it was trendy. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was benefits yeah. to it that they might not even really realize. You know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, but they understood. Okay, there, my my grandparents did this, and they 
they look are really healthy. I don't want to do the kind of same thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Do you ever go to like Barton Springs or anything? No, no, it's not too even cold. too cold. No way. <laughs> no, I've done it like once in my life. I ain't gonna do it again. Uh, even my son wants to go. Like we can go with my. You can go with your your mom. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch. So, <laughs> yeah, at least it's a nice place to hang out. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I just look at it from a distance. Yeah, because even yeah. that water, it's not. Su- I mean, it's pretty cold. It's like sixty degrees oh, or something. God, me, it's it's uh, painful. But yeah. Anyway, that's, it's but tough. but there again, lots of benefit to it, and lots yeah. and people can do those kind of things. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I used to love doing ice baths. Ice baths were like my favorite thing. Wow, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I I feel like I wouldn't like them as much anymore. Once you start doing them, gotcha. The first one is terrible, <laughs> and then the second one is still terrible because you're like dreading it. I gotcha, gotcha. And, but but after you, you get into get the used rhythm, to it. yeah, then it's just kind of yeah. You're you still not telling me, but I, <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's brutal. <laughs> What's really rough is if you go like if you go to the waist, mm-hmm. it sucks. But if you go below, like if you put your heart and lungs Interesting. in, Interesting. okay. Whoa. Because your 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 lungs really contract and you just can't breathe. You're like, <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay. That, you feel that one even worse gotcha, for sure. Gotcha. That's if people are going up to the neck, you know they're hardcore. I gotcha. Wow. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on today, cool. man. Um, it was it was really good to talk to you. And obviously, I, I think a lot of the information you got to share today was super interesting. Good. And hopefully people will you hope know. help somebody. Somebody yeah. who's out there that, that that'll that'll open their eyes or just help. I mean, that's that's what I want to do. So. Yeah, just give people a little bit more of an understanding of all these different diets and why, you know, maybe they all have something good to offer and yeah. why you can kind of maybe do blends and just Absolutely. focus on how you're how you're feeling. Really. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? um, is there any uh, is there any way for people to contact you or look, look, look you up to see if there's, you know, anything yeah. more? Um, my website, it's dr. Scott Jurica, J-U-R-I-C-A dot com is my website. Uh, my phone number, 512-249-9702. So by all means, you know, Google my name, you know, you should be able to, to find all my uh, website information as well for that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Dr. Scott. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll have to get you back on here soon. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.